This is the Reconstructed Man Podcast, and I'm your host, Wayne Ingram. The Reconstructed Man Podcast is a place where we explore the transgender experience. Yes, we, you, and me, by sharing our stories and lifting up the voices of others. It is for everybody, trans, cis, and everywhere in between. This show is about building community and connections, and I am so glad that you're here. What a day, what a day. I'm excited about the show because of who I get to talk to today. I feel like I'm doing some big things on this show all of a sudden, you know? Today's show I have Giuliani Tavares, a playwright and storyteller whose adaption of the acclaimed children's book, Morris Micklewhite and the Tangerine Dress, will be debuting this fall at the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis. I'm so excited to introduce you to them and learn more about their story and experiences. So, Giuliani, before we jump deeply into telling everybody about you and the play, first I want to thank you for joining me, um, and I want to read your bio and give you kind of a chance to say hi to everybody. So, I'm going to read your bio, and then I'm going to have you say hi, and then we'll get into the show. So, Giuliani is a storyteller from Haiti Bohio, Dominican Republic, uh, by way of, I'm going to say New York City, and then you're going to tell me what this other word is. Their work which centers the lives and liberation of the Afro-Indigenous and queer trans diasporas, takes many forms, including playwriting, screenwriting, poetry, photography, graphic design, teaching, artistry, and perhaps most importantly, kinship. And a recent quote from Giuliani about the play, the play that we're going to learn more about, they said, I think that first and foremost, this play, this is a play about love and creativity, a story about authentic self-expression, something I believe to be an integral part of being alive and well and uniquely human. And I love that, and I agree. Authentic self-expression, it's a perfect lead-in kind of to my next, to my first segment. But before we do that, hi, welcome. Hello, uh, hi, Leigh. Thank you so much for having me. I am just so excited to be here because I love that this podcast exists and that we get to be having these conversations together. And thank you for that lovely intro. Yeah, well, thank you for being the subject of the intro. So tell me, it says by way of Lena Pihoking. Pretty close. I mean, and I can only say what I've been taught, right? I say, I le- I say Lena Pihoking, um, which is the name um, that we refer to in New York when honoring the Lenape peoples who, uh, to this day, still can, are stewards here. Um, and were the original peoples here prior to the creation of what we now call New York City under the United States. Incredible. Incredible. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for taking the time yeah, to, to ask and we'll say how we pronounce it. And same thing with Aiti Boyu in my bio is an indigenous term for the not just Dominican Republic, but our shared island with Haiti, which I also think is an important reason to use that because there's a lot of right uh, tension that is right. sort of exists and also manufactured between both parts of the island. Um, and I think it's just a small way to be able to honor, you know, one of many ways that we can uplift our indigenous histories, um, no matter where we are. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I actually work at uh, the community college here in my hometown. And one of, our, one, of my, one of the projects I had, we have, we've planted over 150 trees on our campus. And a few of those species of trees are native to Michigan. And so what we did was we took the we went and found the Anishinaabe translation of those trees because, you know, that that's, you know, yeah. one small way to just remind people like this, this was here before and it, and it meant something. Um, so I love that. Thank you. I, I just learned something. We all did. Yes. So I do this thing uh, where I talk about the things I love and hate about being trans. Um, and there's always the caveat because I really don't hate anything at all about being trans. Um, it's more like, the little extra things I have to think about or the annoying things that come along with the journey. Um, And then of course, there's the list of exhaustive things that I love about being trans. So what I love right now about being trans, I guess, and this is why it goes into what you said about self-expression. What I love about being trans right now is that I love that I love fashion now. And, And I mean, I didn't really love the choices that I felt like I had in terms of clothing especially when I was growing up and even into being a younger adult. And so now that I'm really me on the outside, I really like to dress this body and this person in a way that makes me feel good. You know, it's like, look good, feel good, but to 
the 10th power to me. And so that's what I love right now. So let me ask you, what, how do you, how do you express yourself authentically? Oh, well, first I want to say, I love that for you. And I resonate with that, right? The difference in how we get to like adorn ourselves, I call it like adornment and embodiment. Once we feel actually comfortable with how we're moving through the world and how we're claiming ourselves is huge. And so I love that. And yeah, I think for me, like self-expression, I mean, I feel like jewelry, tattoos, eyeliner, these are all fun ways that I get to really like, yeah, feel like I can adorn myself and, and be a piece of art walking right. through the world like we all can be, you know, and I'm not great at makeup, but I do love taking like <laughs> colorful eyeliners and drawing on my face. And then people think that I'm good at makeup because I do that. Right. Like, I don't know how I use any other tool, but I love drawing on my face and yeah, being, you know, wearing color, which is funny because I'm a New Yorker and I was a pop punk emo kid. And so most of my wardrobe is black clothing, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I do love to accessorize. <laughs> I love that. No, it just, when that hit me, when I was thinking about what I love, I'm like, man, I, I love taking care of myself now. You know what I mean? I love getting my hair cut. When I, I got I got hair cut today, actually. And when I was, it's taken a minute to get this little beard, but when I was telling my barber what I wanted to do, I'm like, man, I just, I want to keep it off, but I want to line it up, and I want to clean it up. And I was like, can you round the back of my head? I mean, I care. I mean, I care about yeah. this body, and I'm just, I love that. So. Your hair looks great. Well, Actually, one of my best friends who I live with is a trans barber here in New York. So I feel you. I t- we talk about it all the time of like, that sort of like really taking care and loving up on ourselves and yeah beautifying in this like deeper way that's not just like this idea of something like shallow or vain it's like really like that you're taking care of ourselves it feels good too okay so what do i hate about being trans okay okay i i did a tiktok about this actually i kind of hate that i have to know which business establishments only have one stall in their bathrooms or only have urinals for dudes and because it presents a problem sometimes, you know, and that's just like a real life thing. And I've been, this is maybe one of my more vulnerable topics, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't know how much to share. It's not a big deal, but like it is kind of for me. I'm an older dude and whatever. I have a job and people are going to be looking at me. But anyway, but but it's true. It's like what it does, it, it, it makes it so I have to be aware of the flow of bathroom traffic in the restaurant or I have to be able to kind of know what I'm going to be walking into to make sure that I don't have some awkward, stupid moment, you know, or, and I could be overthinking it because I'm sure there's some people that just prefer stalls over urinals, um, or somebody could just think I need to go number two, but it's like all bad, you know? So I guess that's a thing that I kind of hate because I have to consider it, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think it's like, so interesting because I, you said this right it's not about actually like hating our experience of transness but it's hating that we have to worry about this extra thing out in the world and you know bathrooms is a huge issue right and that's like right it doesn't have to do with our experience or who we are it has to do with how the system and the structures around us are set up in a way that are you know can be stressful or harmful to us but i feel that it's like why yeah anytime that we have to be like extra vigilant or like hyper aware of something it yeah it can be exhausting yeah the hyper awareness and it's just like i just now okay so it's been six years and probably it's been four three and a half since i've really been passing like nobody would ask me anything but so since that point i mean i'm just i think it's just something i do now you know what i mean like but i'm just aware when we're when we're making plans to go someplace i mean that is a thought where i'm like all right (laughs) you you know if you get into something, if you're there too, if you're there this long, like this is what you're gonna run into. I mean, it's just, it's just a thing to think about. Um, so I guess that's it. All right, let's get into it. Um, we have we have Giuliani Tavares here, the storyteller and playwright for the upcoming showing of Morris Mickleway in the Tangerine Dress at the Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis. So I want to know everything. Tell me about you. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Who are you? the age-old question that we may never have a full answer to. But I love being like, yeah, who am I today? And where have I come from? What can I offer? Well, I'm calling in right now from Harlem in New York City. And I'm new to Harlem um, as of last year, but I am from New York. I was born in Brooklyn um, and raised in Brooklyn, in Yonkers, my grandma's place in Queens. My dad had a deli in the Bronx my whole life. So can't tell you much about Staten Island, but all the other boroughs, (laughs) we've been around. So I love my city. Um, and I was the first one in my immediate family born here. So my parents and my older sister were both born or were all born in Dominican Republic um, and 
came in the 90s and then I was born here and was sort of my little sister was born here after me and so kind of this very transitional first-gen place that I know a lot of folks from immigrant families can relate to in terms of being like I was born here but I very newly right we don't have deep roots in this place so that's also something I think about and think um affects like yeah how I move through the world um being part of um a diaspora and, and multiple diasporas right um but yeah, I, I am still here. I, I do love New York. I might, you know, venture out. I'm thinking next year. We'll see. But it's a great city in terms of, yeah, all the um, all the richness of the culture and the art. And, and I definitely don't take that for granted. And now I live by the river, which I love because you don't always get to say you can see the water <laughs> from um, our tiny New York apartment. <laughs> yeah, this is incredible. You're a New Yorker. I mean, you like you know it. And don't get mad at me, promise. It's like, I'm from Michigan, and I, I've done stints. I've lived in California, and I lived in Iowa, and some places, but like, New York, to me, as a Michigander, is like, you know, sex in the city. It's like Law & Order SVU. It's like uh, Cardi B in that one song where they're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> going down to the Hello, bodega. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> right. I mean, you... But like you, you said you're in Harlem. I mean, when I think about Harlem, like Harlem Nights, I'm just like you are in the world in New York. That how awesome. Yes, no, and it's. I mean, I I'm not mad at you for that perspective. I mean, I don't blame anyone who's not from the city for having their perspective of it shaped by. There's like the TV, media, movies. They're obsessed with New York, yes. and right. The reason is that it's got so many people, so many crossings, right? So much going on. Um, but that's what's kind of cool about it to me is that like there's a million worlds here no matter yes. what the shows portray right there's like you actually you'll never know what you're actually going to come into because there's so many you know ways that's why I feel like you can sit down any person who grew up in New York and they'll have a you know things that we share right, right? and jokes we can have and little things but also completely different like and especially because I grew up in like really uh, going around all the boroughs because my family you know my immigrant family came in and we we're kind of all over. I can see like the neighborhoods are so different, right? Thinking of like visiting my grandma in Jamaica versus my dad's deli in the South Bronx versus where I grew up in Canarsie versus, you know, when I had to go into Manhattan for work. It's very different, um, which is cool. Yeah, it's like a, a million worlds in, in one place. And I can't forget the world. If I don't say this, my daughter will kill me. I can't forget the world of Gossip Girl, which we are on the final season. We only have nine episodes left, and I am all in on B and S and what they have going on. Anyway. Oh my God! Yes. The Upper Wait, the East original? Side. Yeah, the, the original. Yeah, she's yes. got. She, I was gonna say, I know yeah. there's a new one. I no, no, no. Seen it all, but the, I was I was watching yeah. that religiously. No. So even being in New York, I was like watching these New York. So yeah. the Upper East Side, I was like, I'm never over there. What's going on down right. there with the rich folks? My sister's got or my daughter's got me watching this show, and I'm just like, this is. People are crazy, and I love it. Anyway, <laughs> I can't believe I just told that on to the world that I watch Gossip Girl. I do with my daughter, and okay. listen, I'm in on it because we it is a ridiculous show. And why would she she ends it with this random line every time, and then she'd be like XOXO Gossip Girl? What? And we ate it up. Listen, I remember I would go. I watched it when it was coming out, Lane. So I would literally be in the middle of like my AP homework, <laughs> like my AP chemistry homework, and then. Cause I was one of those like nerdy kids and my friend and I would call each other in the commercials during the commercial breaks of Gossip Girl and talk about it and talk about it afterwards <laughs> and then go back to our AP chemistry homework. Like right. it was a vibe. It's fun. It is fun and it is a vibe. They're ridiculous. We could do a whole show on that. Anyway. Okay. Right. <laughs> so here's a question. Cause you know, I, mean, I like to know who I'm talking to. So like, tell me, how do you identify within our spectrum and when did you know that you were that? Yeah, interesting timeline questions, right? Looking back <laughs> on growing up as little eggs, knowing what we know about ourselves now. Um, I generally just use the queer trans terms, kind of, I've always been someone who's more like into the larger term because I felt more free within that to fluctuate, um, which I will say something I love about being trans is shape-shifting and constant change and growth and that being part of who we can be. Um, so I use queer and trans generally. If I'm being more specific, sometimes I talk about like, agender or gender fluid or gender queer. I also use two spirit um, to kind of speak also to that like uh, disruption of the colonial binary and yes. like how what we have now around gender does come from a certain like settler state model. 
Um, so those are some terms I use. I use they, them pronouns or AJ in Spanish if I'm speaking with folks in Spanish. Um, and I, when did I know? I mean, <laughs> I like to think of like my little like fifth, sixth grade self who right around that age, right when you're like starting to choose your own clothes instead of your parents dressing you for school. And as soon as they, my mom stopped being the one, you know, dressed and she loved to dress us up like little dolls our whole little childhood. And then when it came time that I could just choose my own clothes, it was immediately just like enormous giant t-shirts and like my big jeans and my low ponytail. <laughs> and I think back on that person that's like, oh, that was like little gender baby moments. But I will say for a long time, you know, I came into like, my queerness more explicitly uh, around middle and high school navigating that and then I think transness took me longer because I didn't even think that it was possible right. like I didn't even think it was like especially you know being not I mean not necessarily especially I think this can be for anyone on the trans spectrum can have an experience but you know for me being sort of on this like non-binary gender queer thing like that's something else that's like well I wasn't necessarily wanting to be this exact one thing or that exact other thing um, but I knew that I didn't feel good or whole or like safe in this like idea of like gender and girlhood and womanhood that was being imposed on me because of my assigned gender at birth, you know. So for a long time, I was I just like, even though I had these feelings that would come up, I would kind of be like, well, just ignore that, dude, because I don't know what's going on there. The world does not <laughs> seem like it's ready for right. all that. Um, and then thankfully, you know, that I think that's been shifting a ton in part because of the Internet and part of like the more stories that we're beginning to put out in the world. Um, and I think, you know, when I got to go away from home for college and meet other queer and trans people, we got to just stay up all night talking about, you know, our experiences and um, how we thought about gender and also starting to question more like what we're told and these structures that we are born into. That's when I started to be like, oh, so I don't have to just be this thing that I was told I had to be and would never be seen as anything else. And, you know, sometimes that's still a thing, you know um there's so many ways to be trans and I'm someone who for example has like had top surgery but hasn't done you know tea for a long amount of time you know I like did it for a little while and all these exploring right these things um and so there's a very different experience that I acknowledge I have or how I'm read um moving through the world um but also if it, it feels so different just knowing for myself like who I am and how I see myself so that's a little bit of my like yeah journey into trans freedom as i like to say <laughs> just incredible though i mean it's like uh, we're all so different so different but like just the similarities that in the crossover is incredible i mean you said it i just wrote a blog and i titled it it's all a blur and one part of it was how like i just had no idea this was a freaking option like like what like i don't have to like i don't actually have to like be that person that I hate looking at and that I don't feel good about and I didn't understand, I couldn't say, like, what? And to hear you say that, I mean, it's just like, it, ah, it, it's, it's wonderful and beautiful, but I mean, I'm just like, it's wild, isn't it? And then, and then when you realize it, whatever it is, your realization, whatever your level, of, when you realize it, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, like the moment of clarity that washed over my body was like, that's 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 it. Like, that's why none of this makes sense. That's why none of it fit. Like, and to hear you say that, and yours is so, so awesome too because you are just you. Do you know what I mean? Like you. I mean, right. <laughs> there's something just special to like. I'm just me, and I'm figuring it out. And I'm and I'm in here, and I'm exploring. And I'm just me. Like that's the baseline foundation I want everybody to get to. But to actually be able to live it is wonderful right yes yeah and i think it you know it takes a certain fire in us i think that's what connects us as queer and trans people is like because i do say at the end of the day i feel like these things that we talk about and that we're you know fighting for and exploring are for everyone are yes. truly for everyone but i think what makes us our community is that we dare to, to to go for it and to ask those questions and to disrupt those binaries and to say we can do it you know but it is in the wild I think of like there's this really brilliant um indigenous writer and scholar Kim Talbert who I think of she said this once and I have never forgotten it but she was like our desires are shaped by what we think is possible and I'm like whoa literally like 
what we think we want or you know what I mean? We don't even yes. know to want something if we don't know that it's possible. Yes. Um, and so I think of that, you know, and we'll probably get to this with the storytelling and art making aspect, but like that's such a power there is that when we share our stories and create our art, we shine that light for other, you know, people who are out there not even knowing that they can make a different choice and, and really be their full selves in that free way. Yes. I'm biased, obviously. I'm biased, super biased. But I just think trans people, I mean, I love trans people. I love trans people. But I just think, find me a more courageous, brave group of people. Find me one. I mean, because we had to look and say, this is not right. This is not right. This does not feel right. This does not feel good. This is not me. And I want to be me. I want to take the journey to figure out who I am and I want to live that. I want to live it. I want to live it every day. Regardless of how people might look at us, regardless of how you, I might be accepted, like I am going to be me. And that in this world to me takes bravery. And I I love I love us for that. I love the, the bravery. Um, and what I was going to say is I'm so proud of trans youth, kids, people in there. You know, I mean, I just it's like Come on, you know, like I'm so proud of you for for being brave enough and for being honest with your parents or being honest with yourself. Because the first time, the first person you tell is yourself, and you have to look in the mirror and be like, "What, bro? <laughs> like, what'd you just say?" You know. And so when I think about these kids, I mean, the the fact you and I are talking because we, I hope that they hear and see us. I hope they hear and see us and know that there's a there's a path forward, like you can be you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that ripple effect, that resonance of like the more that we claim it and celebrate it, right? That's kind of like people are like, oh, well, why do you need a pride? And you know, all the complicated things about what pride has become aside, it's like, because we live in a world that's telling us to be shameful and to hide this and to repress parts of ourselves. And we are this courageous community who, despite all those barriers and all that pressure, we say, nah, <laughs> nah, we're not doing that. Nope. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna let it out and we're gonna connect and we're gonna share that love and that creativity and that authenticity. So you brought up pride and you know, um, I guess that goes into my next thing. It's like, how are you how are you handling everything that's going on in the world? And what I mean by everything that's going on in the world, I know you know what I mean, cause you're trans, you get it. But it's like, for me, when I open up Twitter or I'm on social media or, you know, the misinformation, the things that people are saying about, you know, the LGBTQ plus community and trans people specifically. I mean, it's, it's tough. And what, you know, at some point, you know, a few months ago, I had to actually like take a pause and say, man, this, this is sort of affecting my mental health to like open up the internet every day and see somebody speaking negatively about my community and, you know, who I am when I'm just out here trying to live my life. And so I want to know, like, how are you handling the world right now yeah the struggle is real when it comes to trying to like i think for me the balance of like wanting to stay up to date and engage and like not like tune out a world right because also it's like i that's a privilege to be able to not pay attention right. sometimes right? i'm like oh just because i'm in a city like this new york city right. where it's like i haven't you know and not that it's not a thing here, right? It's everywhere. But like, you know, when you're in a bigger yeah. place or when you're, where there's more queer people, you can feel a little safer or whatever. And so I don't want to like, just be like, I can't, I can't engage. But also what's the balance between, you know, supporting each other, staying connected, staying up to date and not being constantly inundated with this stuff. And so I think we're, that's always, I mean, with the internet in general, I think that's a balance we're always all trying to figure out. Like right now, for example, I'm not really on social media, you know, I kind of just like my Instagram's on pause and I like archive stuff and just my bio just says gone fishing, <laughs> text me, email right. me, you know, because you got, I mean, and I don't know if that's forever, if that's, I just need a break right now, but this idea of like, I think we do need to um, take care of ourselves while also trying to stay connected to the world around us. Um, so, I mean, that's part of, that's one way that I try, like when I feel myself getting super overwhelmed, I take a break, you know, I take the social media apps off my phone, you know, I can still kind of check them out. I don't delete my account so I can still go and seek out information because I do follow a lot of great, right? It's a great tool sometimes for staying connected with other queer and trans people and what's happening yeah. and artists and magazines and all this stuff. Um, so I haven't completely <laughs> cut it off, but I, I try to find that balance. Um, another thing is just um, really just trying to find, like 
in that vein of unplugging like oh can i like read something that's going to make me feel right can i there's so much good like what trans ya out that exists now that was not around when i was reading all the ya books at the library right? so i've been eating those up lane i literally <laughs> got my little my little ipad and my little library card and i get those ebooks and they're there i just keep them coming okay and so that's been really good to just like write when i think that's a way to nourish ourselves with like with our people's stories and our community stories and, and to help counteract the the stories of, of all the, the hate and the violence. Um, and yeah, I think that's another way. And just like hanging out with all my trans friends, all my friends are trans. So we oh, just, wow. I'm like, okay, let's all unplug, let's just all hang out. Let's just all, you know, have some good food and kiki and just like that's super healing too. Um, and so all your friends are trans? Oh yeah. Gosh. I, that's I can't I'm like yeah, I would be hard pressed. I'm like maybe there's a couple a couple who are who are cis but queer still. <laughs> like right. I, like it's, it's really we all it's funny because it's like even there's those of us who met when we didn't know we were, you know, yes. and now we all are. And it's like we found each other even <laughs> then. Found each <laughs> other. Yes. Yeah. I love that. You said something that is like kind of me too. It's like you got to find the balance and I you know, you said you framed it in demographically where you're at it's a little bit safer i mean it's freer it's more open i mean people in new york you're going to see anything you know like i mean that it gives you a certain level of comfort and i think on the flip side for me i feel like that because i could walk through this world as just a black guy now do you know what i mean like i could walk through the world as just a black guy which like also just being a black guy isn't like i was gonna say that's not oh walking the park living at multiple right. intersections over here but, yeah but the trans part, you know, you know, and that's, you know, the whole stealth, blah, 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 right? But it's like, when I, whenever I'm like, you know, you, you got to this point, I can't, I just can't, I can't turn away, you know what I mean? Because some, somebody needs it. And so it's just, it's hard. And I love what you said about balance and, and taking a break if you need to. And you said gone fishing. See, this is why we should be friends. Like, I love to fish. And you just said that randomly. I mean, we're. Okay. We're really we're connected. Yes, yes, I love that. I think so it's gonna... a, I think it's a trans thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your work a little, okay? Because it takes on many forms. I mean, I read that in your bio, okay? Like, playwriting, screenwriting, poetry, artistry. Um, which, where do you feel the most at home? Like, how do you, where, do you, how do you express yourself best? You feel, and let me not say best. Where do you feel most at home? I think at the end of the day, that's gonna be writing, and you know, even that is a broad category but I think uh writing anything like words like uh, I think journaling you know like if I write a, I can if my friends need help with an email they know who to come to because I'm like let's go let's go let's look at these words let's put them in the perfect order so people yes. know exactly what we're talking about no nonsense you know like I think that <laughs> there's a, a real comfort that I have in there and that's just from all my whole lifetime of reading and writing and thinking looking at the world through that lens um in a way that's just, that's what I, that's how I see the world, right? Because I'm amazed at other people who like see the world in this really visual way or through color and really good, all, you know, I'm like, wow. Again, so that thing of like, we're all so different. We all have this like unique lens to offer. Mine, I think has to do with language and words and writing. And so um, that's always gonna feel the most comfortable. And then even that takes many forms, right? Is that a poem? Is that hmm. a play? Is that a screenplay? Is that, yeah, a, a long caption when I am posting on Instagram when I'm letting some feelings out, you know? All of those, I think, fall under there. Um, but that's definitely something that I've just been doing for so long, and it's been the way that I express myself or, like, understand myself mm. or try to process the world around me. Um, and I'm grateful that I get to do it in a way where I'm, like, getting to share it with the world and work on these things. That's, like, that's still such a mind-blowing thing to me that it's, like, not that it's my job because I'm, right. like, oh, jobs, <laughs> capitalism, but that it's, like, something that I get to, you know, Right. Um, invest my time in and that I'm getting all the support to continue doing that is amazing. Incredible. So let me ask you this question about writing since we're friends now. I do really want to know this, what you think about it. So I have a blog and I, I like to write too. I mean, I love, I mean, I do, or I used to, and I'm going to tell you why I'm saying this. And this is the part I want your advice on. So I have a blog and it's called the right lane. Oh, uh, no, it's called Life in the Wrong Lane, because my name is Lane, and it's all like, wait, get it? Yeah. Okay. And so I love to write, though. Like, I actually do. Like, when I have a thought or an idea, I love to write. But then sometimes when I sit down to write, or, I'm, or I write it, or I start it, and I say to myself, God, what if, like, what if this is dumb? What if, 
what if nobody cares about this that you're writing or what if this isn't gonna impact anybody and you know even saying it out loud i know how it sounds and like you know even people that i live with will say it's your blog and write whatever you want right but that's so simplistic too and so i'm wondering what do you think about that I think that means that you're definitely a writer because then we all feel that is part of it. You know, I was actually reading something earlier that was sort of, I think I was watching a YouTube video about this idea of like, why do we get in our own way? Why are we all scared to share our creativity? And, you know, I think there was something in it that was like, you know, actually those mental blocks don't get so frustrated in the sense that they're ruining your process. They said, oh, it is part of the process, actually. Just be like, oh, that there's that thing again, you know, and it's like, I was literally reading my old journals from when I was like in high school, maybe early college, you know, and I was like laughing because I was so it was like all the same stuff, all the same stuff. I had all the hang ups about like, I'm not writing enough or like I, what right. this is not good enough. I, literally what I was journaling 10, 12, 15 years ago, too. And it was actually kind of helpful because it made me laugh and be like, oh, so it's just always going to be a, it's thing. a thing. And the, the sooner that I can make peace with that instead of trying to never feel that way. So that's my advice is like. If it has that happen, you catch that, you know, you catch yourself in that moment, just be like, okay, word, I hear you in a critic. I hear you trying to protect me, but also in a way stifling me. And I'm going to let you exist in there, but I'm not going to take that, you know, I'm not going to let that paralyze me, you know, I think is the thing, because I think it doesn't really go away. I think it's just right. part of that having a self conscious brain right. and an ego. It's like we're going to doubt, we're going to question. Um, and then it comes back to that courage. And, you know, we're talking about trans people are the most courageous. So you just got to tap into that courage. Right. And you are. And I'm so excited to check out more of your blog. And please keep doing it because I find sometimes I stop and I think, well, God forbid that everyone that I've been inspired by had let themselves um, be stopped by that and right. not shared it because I have gotten so much out of what other people have created and shared and written. And I'm so glad that they did share it with the world because then it reached me and it changed my life and we can't guarantee that's going to happen but for sure it can only happen if we do share what we've got going on so. oh, that's right i mean you just reminded me too when i was starting this journey um i just wanted information so bad i just wanted i wanted to know what it was going to be like i wanted to know like when things were going to happen i wanted to know i wanted to know everything and one and what i remember so vividly is six years ago six and a half seven years ago i couldn't find very many videos articles blogs about black trans guys like i couldn't i couldn't find pictures of their top surgeries i couldn't find a lot of that and so like you saying that just remind it just reminds me that of what i said at the beginning of this thing like if it helps one person like if it helps one person like you did it, you know? So thank you for telling me and that. I just yes, and it was remember. worth it. It was worth it. Because for sure there is like a young black trans kid out there right now who is looking for the answers too. Like that's the beautiful thing is like we get so caught up, you know, and like because we are all different and we are all unique. And then it's like, okay, but we're all at the end of the day are on this same weird planet dealing with the same thing. And it's going to, yeah, it's, it's, I think it is worth it if it's only just one person. And it's almost always way more than that because right. we have such shared, you know, right. experience here. So, yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about the play. So who, I mean, yeah, you, you picked the book. So my question is, like, who is Morris to you? And like, what made you choose the story, you know? Because it's big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say I... Peter Brocious at Children's Theater Company was the one who brought the book to the theater um, and then brought me onto the project. But I can definitely speak to like what, why I said yes and what resonated with me. You know, I remember, I know Peter tells this great story about walking into a bookstore and being like, give me your 10 favorite children's books right now and sitting on the floor in the corner and reading them all and resonating with this one. And then when I came across the book and I uh, was being, you know, asked to sit down and chat about possibly adapting it. It was such an, a quick yes, because I opened it and I was just like this sweet little round face kid, right? It's got these beautiful illustrations. You know, if folks haven't seen the book, they should totally go check it out um, because it's got this amazing visual world that has been so inspiring for adapting to the stage. Um, but for one, I loved his relationship with his mom. 
I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> you know, I love my mom, even with everyone I'm sure has like, you know, has going to have a, some sort of complicated dynamic with moms because it's a big role. But I love seeing this mom who was so supportive and tender and caring with Morris. And I immediately connected with Morris because he loves school. And I was like, me too, kid. I was that nerd. It's like Morris loves school. <laughs> he loves painting. He loves puzzles. He loves all these things. And I was like, that was me. I was hyped to show up every day. And like, <laughs> what are we doing today? You know? So I was like, I already resonated with that energy. And then as I continued reading, it was that same courage that we're saying, yeah, we're biased. <laughs> we're biased. We think trans people are the best. And, you know, and we're not, and Morris is like five or six, right? It's not even about putting that label on him yet if he doesn't want that particular word or whatever it is. But I think it's the thing that we're talking about of like that courage and that self-expression that's at the heart of, I think, um, our, you know, what transists can be. And so Morris had that. And Morris was also just like super imaginative. He's this kid who with nothing material in his hands can go into an entire world, you know, a space safari, you know, he's got his little toys and that becomes a whole world that he can go into that literally comes to life around him. And I think that's such an important thing to continue uplifting. I, something I think about all the time as an artist is like, I, and I love being able to like work on stuff like this that helps me to connect even more with my younger self and my inner child, because that's the imaginative, you know, creative, really present energy that I think we should all be continuing to cultivate. And I think it's very easy in our world to grow up and have that squashed, you know, and have that, you know, same thing with what we're saying with expressing ourselves as trans people is that like people going to tell you, don't do that. No, we don't do that anymore. Like yeah. it's, a, it's all about the paying your bills and doing this and playing the rules, always changing the rules up on us. And kids, I think, God bless them. They're like, I don't know. They're asking those questions and they're imagining worlds beyond what's right in front of them. And I think that's so powerful. Um, and it's part of like their medicine and their magic as, as kids. Um, and so all of that was in Morris and I was like, say less. I, I would love to, <laughs> to, to take this book and expand it even further into this like, you know, 3d live stage experience that is happening so soon. And I can't believe it. I'm quite excited. Just incredible. The children's theater company in Minneapolis. I mean, that's a huge deal. I mean, that's a huge deal. Like how, yeah. like, how do you feel? What does that mean? What are you like? What's it like? What are you doing? What? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's actually only now that it's starting to, I'm really starting to feel all of that. Cause for me, you know, when I'm in a, a creative process, I can be very kind of like tunnel vision in that, you know, especially with um, working on things sort of long distance across time zones, you know, cause I am in New York. And so I wasn't, you know, I got to go to Minneapolis for some workshops and then for the beginning of rehearsals. And I'm super excited to be there for tech week and opening as well. Um, but otherwise I have been kind of calling in from New York or writing from New York. And so in my little room, which is something I do love about playwriting is that I get the sort of beautiful combo of introvert time at home wow. typing away and then extrovert time actually collaborating with people. Um, so now that we're more in that stage, I'm really starting to feel it. And I'm like, oh, my God, right. This is like a huge deal to people. Like, this is such an astounding, longstanding institution, this theater. That's really I, I'm so grateful to Trinity Theater Company, not just for bringing me on, but just for existing and doing the work they've been doing for decades, because it is such an under resource thing. Right. Children's theater, children's like and I'm like, it's so important. There's so much development and learning and absorbing of the world that's happening at those ages. And so I'm so glad theaters like that exist that are investing so much care and time into like really developing beautiful experiences and stories for kids. So yeah, I'm geeking out now. Like as we get closer and closer, I'm like, whoa, it's yeah. happening. Oh my God. I feel like not until even at opening, I'm going to be like, is this real? Um, but I'm sure it'll definitely, it'll just really hit home once it's all happening in front of me. You know, I can't wait. Like, how cool. I mean, it's like, you're the writer. I mean, like, you walk, I mean, you're the writer. It's like, what? You got one of those chairs with the cloth back. I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> but really, though, like, so you're, you do some stuff from New York, you go there. So how, wh how much did you have to do with the production or like, what was the rehearsals like? Or when you go back for tech week, like, what are you going to be doing? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's some great different out parts to the process. So, I mean, when it started out, right, I was just right. A few, the first few drafts was just kind of me at, at home, my little laptop, imagining stepping into Morris's world, trying to translate it for the stage, and you know, being having these great conversations with Peter and some of the other artistic directors um, involved. And then when we got into workshops in the spring, 
that was super awesome because then finally I got to like hear it right at home. You're like, it's in your head. You're all, you're playing all the characters in your head and you're like, okay, I think this is what I'm going for. <laughs> and then I got to do these amazing workshops where I got to meet my director, Heidi, and also some amazing student actors, uh, really just brilliant young people. We had, they were so talented and also so like supportive of each other and generous with their conversation and their stories and they shared. So we had all these dope conversations and then hearing them read the words, I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, it just taught me so much. I was like, oh wow, I have to, we have to, this scene has to be even longer because if this is going to be the energy, we got to see that these kids are so talented. There's so much there. And our conversations also helped inspire the direction of the script. So those two workshops in the spring really helped the script develop to what it is now. And then um, now in, in rehearsals, it's kind of fun because I get to like kick back a little bit because <laughs> it's been, a, it's been, you know, the job has been mine for a long time. Like it's like, I've been having to really get that script where we want it to be. And even those workshops were catered towards me and my writing process, which is really helpful. And now that we're in rehearsals and it's like, the script is pretty much what it's gonna be. You know, we've made some tiny tweaks, but like, okay, we're still pretty good about the story. And now I get to sort of just like sit back and watch, you know, our awesome director really like bring it to life in this 3D space. And these young kids who are so, again, so brilliant. I can't say it enough. Um, and it's dope because I get to be there and still offer my, you know, perspective. And then, you know, my director can ask me questions. I actually just spoke to her on the phone earlier today because she was like, I got some questions. You want to hop on the phone? I was like, yeah, let's go, Heidi. What's going on? How's it going? So it's fun to still be part of the process and be able to offer uh, my opinion and my perspective. Um, and also sort of be like, yeah, y'all got this. Now there's all these other talented people getting to put their contribution, right? All our designers, our production folks. Um, so it's just really cool to be in that part where I'm like, whoa, all this stuff that I was writing now, people are like making it and like saying it and like, whoa, it's happening. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. I mean, I, um, it sounds so cool and to have, be able to get kind of a behind the scenes on what the process looked like for you and, and to hear it. I mean, you get to do creative work, which is also amazing and beautiful. You know what I mean? You get, and you get to just, you get to do the work as you, you know, I mean, it's, there's just so much that's wonderful about that. Um, wow. Okay. So tell me what, is this your first play? Is this the first play that's going into like a theater company for you or tell me more? I mean, it is in the sense. Yeah. It's like a huge deal. Like it's my first time getting like commissioned, yes. you know, by this huge theater, right? It's like no, no casual theater. right? That's it's what like I'm saying. Company. Yeah. And so it's like, really wild to be like oh my gosh it's happening and you know the first conversation we're now uh, over a year into the process so it's like you kind of like oh yeah you get used to something you're adapting and then now getting to like talk about it again as the show's approaching i'm like right this is nuts like this is my life i'm so blessed um i've been you know writing plays for a long time i've done a lot of like readings and workshops and writers groups here in new york i did like self-produce with friends a play in a core street theater festival in 2018 um, and that was a super fun experience, but this is completely different mm -hmm. in the sense of like how much, you know, we just have more resources and more yes. support and like this big institution that has those resources being like, yes, we want to put it towards a story like this. Um, so it's, yeah, that's a big first in that sense. And I, yeah, I'm telling you, I still have not fully processed it. I think I'm definitely going to cry. So yes. I got to remember not to like wear mascara or anything right. <laughs> opening night if i get to come i'm gonna cry i mean i feel pr i feel proud of you i feel proud of you for all of us too i mean i feel proud of you i just thank you for doing it and thank you for walking in your true life out there in the real world i mean it's makes me feel so good i mean i i'm loving this okay so tell me what what's next what's next for you after this or what else are you working on that's cool yeah so i am Part of the writers guild which means i'm on strike in the screenwriting world of right. life which is really uh important i think thing to be happening um and you know i actually feel pretty new to the screenwriting world so it's like kind of um for me i'm like i was still just trying to figure it out and now it's changing a lot so i'm like okay we just gotta go with the flow and that's one thing about me i do kind of just go with where the the path is going i try to just follow my spirit which again i think is something that my queerness and transness has gifted me is like that connection to myself and being able to follow that and so even though i've been writing since i was 10 i never really was like i'm gonna be 
a writer and this is what my life is going to look like and I'm going to publish this this and that like I'm not I'm just not really a future planner like that I was kind of just like um, am I loving it then I'm gonna keep doing it you know and I feel really really like grateful that that has worked out for me too you know with the alignment of the cosmos you know and that you know I say this not to say that like I don't think my work is deserving I think I do work hard and I'm proud of my work and I've had so much support and like alignment and grace to get me to where I am now and so kind of just continuing to have that energy and that faith in the process and just be like oh if I continue writing towards what feels true to me then these opportunities will continue to come because we're all looking for each other you know um and so with the strike we don't know what's in store for the screenwriting world um just yet in the months to come and I'm just taking that as an opportunity to like fill my cup creatively and and like think about okay what do I want to be working on you know the beautiful thing about writing is that sure we can't technically be out there making deals and getting paid for it but no one can stop me from writing you know like I can come home and do that anytime um anywhere I am so yeah and I'm super excited for um something that's not out yet but that I have been working on the last couple years it's actually also an adaptation of a children's book so again I'm like oh no this is my calling my niece I love it another beautiful book about a sort of authentic you know, what we might code in our adult language as like a genderqueer trans experience, Juliana's a Mermaid. That book is super special to me uh, by Jessica Love because it's like literally like my life, my name. <laughs> it's like in, you know, Coney Island, Brooklyn, like Caribbean family. And so um, I've had the beautiful, beautiful opportunity to adapt that to a full length animated film with Cartoon oh Saloon, which is an astounding astounding animation studio from Ireland who is just like an independent studio which is a big deal in general and in animation and they just make the most stunning films and so I have officially finished that script after a couple years of finessing that and they are another thing where I'm like whoa actually if I stop and pause right now in Ireland someone's drawing these things that I wrote you know so they're creating um, the animated film for that script and we're hoping it's going to be out i think like in the next year, year. incredible time and i wish time but i always love to pitch that i'm like guys think about it it's gonna be called julian i think it's gonna be gorgeous i'm super proud to have worked on that that was actually my first screenwriting opportunity um and yeah my first time working with tv was with Gloria calderon kelly on her show with love which has two seasons on amazon prime video um so yeah, I also love to pitch that as like a show I was proud to work on and that I think is a really fun watch. Um, and yeah, I also just kind of trying to, again, cultivate my own creative spirit that's not necessarily tied to the jobs or that, you know, that can get sticky too. And it's, it's, like a, it's a great blessing to be like, oh, it's my job. But then it's also easy to get, um, feel the pressure right. of that or get caught up in that. And I, and I want to really try to still protect that that little yeah little JT the inner baby the inner child who just made it who wrote for fun and to process and to escape and to create um so that's kind of where I'm at right now is like I've got these really exciting things that I'm super proud to have been a part of and then I'm not sure at all what's to come but I'm meeting it with like sort of an open heart and just being like what does what needs to happen right what does the world need to hear what do I need to say to the world um and so that's a little bit about what's going on I also am just like I'm having a lot of fun nerding out on just like things that are completely unrelated to my job but are creative so like I just got a camera for the like a new camera oh. for the first time in like 10 years so I've doing a lot of photography but I've always kind of stopped myself from doing like video work I think because there's so much video in the world you know it's like feels overwhelming like everyone's doing video now and also it feels like this thing that I was like I feel like I have to have fancy gear or something and I was like you know what no I don't what if I just start making fun videos for myself so that's a fun thing I've been doing like literally just in like the last month (laughs) I love that okay so I do want you to know okay I get let me phrase it like this because you are you're doing so much and you you have a lot going but you don't know what you're going to do yet and I love that so here's the thing I you know once I get through my blockage I mean my one of my big goals I do I want to write a book I mean I have some stuff to say I have a story to share I mean I've got things you know but I want to write a book and it reminds me of Issa Rae years ago when she's like I'm going I'm rooting for everybody black you know like so now that we're friends and you're in my life like when it's time for this to be adapted to something like best believe who I'm calling I'm like can you read this and see if there's anything there because like what I want us all to work together I mean it's like 
let's all change the world. Like I, when I'm on TikTok, I see some of these like other, I see these trans guys who like have, you know, lots of followers that are doing stuff. And I'm like, what, can we like have a, like a camp? Or like, can we all, like, can we get a club? Like what is, like, hi, what what up, dude? You know, I mean, you don't need that, I guess, because all your friends are trans, but like, I'm like, where's everybody at? Hello, you know? No, for real, and I, I love my all my friends, all my beautiful trans friends, and also we're not all the same type of artists, or we're not all artists, so I still feel that, where I'm like, what's everyone else doing? Because also when I'm, sometimes I'm like, I we all need to like confer, we all need to like share notes, like yes. how do y'all navigate this stuff, right? Because we are trying to tell stories from this, you know, these experiences that have not been, you know, supported or, or shared or uplifted in the world of stories and arts for a long time. And I feel like we have so much wisdom probably to share with each other about how we're navigating it. And also just be so fun. So please, so oh my God, fun. I can't wait for you to write that. Right. I can't wait for you to hit me up to read the draft or yeah. adapt it to something. Like I'm ready. I'm ready. Amazing. We need to be there. This is so like energizing for me because it is. I think it's a huge part of our creative process is to be connecting with other artists and especially like we're saying other trans artists, other trans artists of color, yes. and having that conversation. Absolutely. Well, this is amazing. Like, thank you for coming on here and talking to me and sharing your story and telling us about your production and about you and. Saying what you said about just walking through the world as you, I mean, that that was beautiful to me. So tell these people who are listening how they can find you, how they can find your work, how they can get in touch. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. I want, I want people to know about your show. I want them to know about your work. I want them to know about as much as you want them to know. Uh, thank you so much, Cersei, for having me. I literally feel so nourished by this conversation. It's like so special to me to be able to connect with you and be able to talk about something like this play in community, right? Like it's 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 very special. And <laughs> we know, we know how it feels and what it means to us. Um, honestly, for finding me, I just say my website is the best just one-stop shop, julianitaveras.com. Um, like I said, I am taking a little break from social media, so it's not the best place to find me right now because I put up my little gone fishing sign. But the good thing about my website is that when I am on, you know, active on socials, it's linked on my website. And that's also where I put like samples of my work or links to my photography or to news and events that's happening. So, yeah, if folks want to check me out, that's where I'm at. Amazing. Well, awesome. You heard it here, folks. Check it out. Giuliani Tavares. Dot com and if you're in Minneapolis, you gotta get to this show. I'm gonna try to make it October 10th to November 19th. The Children's Theater Company. It's gonna be so amazing. We're friends now. Like I mean, we are, we are friends now. Okay. Period. Period. Agreed. Period. We glad we both know. And Straight are up, page. you're my homie dog forever. Let's go. We did it. Okay. Um, I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad we met. Um, and I'm so glad that you exist. So, keep. Keep being great. Um, and if you need if you need anything, if you, I don't know, if you need a black trans dude to talk to, you know, that's from Michigan, you always have one over here. All right? Oh, my God. You always Thank have you one so over here. Uh, listen, if you want to talk to me or share your story or your experiences on the show, send me an email to thereconstructedman at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at the RM Podcast. I love this show. I love this show, and I love talking to all of you, and I love Giuliani so much. Thank you for listening. Check out my website, thereconstructedman.com, for more videos and resources. Or if you want to know what I'm up to, read my blog, therightlane.blog. Now, keep doing you, because nobody can do you better than you can. I'm Lane Ingram, and this is The Reconstructed Man Podcast. <laughs>